What's up, Profitable Public Speaking listeners? Mark Berry, the podcasting coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. And one of the most important things we have to do when we are on any stage is to connect with our audiences. And our guest who comes on to the Profitable Public Speaking podcast today, he has the connection code, which is going to help us do just that. Our guest who joins us is the author of 13 books, including two international bestsellers. He's a TV personality, celebrity business coach, and award-winning keynote speaker. Our guest is the founder of The Connection Lab, which is an award-winning company that is on a mission to help people live bigger and lead better through the power of human connection. Our guest who joins us for this episode of Profitable Public Speaking is none other than Jonathan Sprinkles. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Jonathan, I'm so happy to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast, and connecting is so valuable for being able to grow our businesses, better understand our audiences. So uh, what would you say is the thing with the connection code and some of the important things for us to better connect with our audience? Well, I have a question. Have you ever done something that you really didn't want to do or like to do, but somehow you were able to find something good about it because of the person who you were with? That's what connection will do. Uh, the, my, my entire lens is through the language of trust, loyalty, and connection. Because through connection, all things become possible. Uh, 75% of all sales uh, are influenced by a connection that the person has with the, the buyer. If you look at online buying, even now, that has now surpassed traditional retail buying. The studies will show you that people will trust an online review like they would someone was their personal friend. Like they've never met this person before. They don't even know if it's a real person or not, or whether it's the company making their own reviews. But as uh, my guy Tom Ferry says, we are now in the review economy because people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust, and they're, they're looking for the connection that they have with other people like them to decide whether they're going to make that move or not. So connection is so important to everything that we do in business and in life. And I definitely relate to that connection. I mean, all the podcasts and summits I do, the reason I interview so many people is because of that connection, because Jonathan and I would not be talking with each other right now if it weren't for me having this podcast and us wanting to connect with one another. And uh, when it comes to being on that stage, I feel like one of the things that speakers uh, make the mistake of is they focus so much on their presentation and delivering it the way they've always delivered it that they forget to connect with their audience. So in a public speaking setting, how would you recommend that the speaker better connects with who they're talking to? Sure. Well, I do this over a three-day event called Presentation Power that I do. I also have another event that I'm doing in February called Connect Live, where I'm breaking down the elements for how do you do exactly what you just said. I'll tell you high, high level. Uh, the first thing we have to do is define what connection is. And I have a very simple definition. 
connection is oneness. Connection is that space in which you're able to increase your influence with someone because they trust you, because they understand you and you understand them. Connection is, uh, so it begins with you meeting them where they are. And that's part of the connection code that I teach. To your point, most people focus on what they want to say, not how the audience feels. Now, I'll go into that for a minute. The, uh, one of the things that we know is that uh, a, a pound of feelings weighs more than a pound of facts. And the reason why is because we are emotional beings we will make up our minds based on our emotions and then we'll justify that decision with facts. Knowing this, we've got to think first about what our audience wants. So I ask a lot of questions before I do my speaking engagements, regardless of whether it's an audience of 6,000 or whether it's just six, maybe it's executive. I always ask, what's going on in their mind first? What are they most excited about? Number two, what are they most fearful of? And number three, what matters most to them? So when we start there, I build my whole presentation around where they are, not around what I want to say. So when we do that, my whole orientation is toward meeting them where they are, because until you meet them where they are, you can't take them to where you want them to go. I absolutely love that uh, because a lot of speakers, they'll just come up with slides and they'll figure out, you know, like I want to provide the most value. Let me put all my expertise in here. But uh, sometimes like a speaker will do like some advanced presentation and the audience there is a bunch of beginners. So it's really good. Jonathan points out three good questions we could ask ourselves and three things that matter uh, for us to figure out what exactly our audience wants and then framing a presentation around what the audience wants rather than creating a generic presentation trying to uh, fit the audience into our pre-existing presentation. So I definitely love that concept. And when it comes to connection, it's not just about connecting on the stage. Connecting on the stage is very powerful. You're going to get attendees to come back to you if things you say resonate and stuff like that. But how can we build a connection further to the point where we are connecting with these people, people are like reaching out to us months later saying, I remember that time you spoke. How do we build the connection so it hits those next levels? Sure. Well, people like to learn from people they have a connection with. If you look at some of the titans of the industry, you look at even Oprah Winfrey, or some people really like Malcolm Gladwell, or Richard Branson, you look at uh, Amy Porterfield, or some of the people who people just love, love, love. Um, uh, Mel Robbins is another one who's, who's really hot right now, the most booked woman speaker in the world. The reason why the, the people continue to support and buy everything that these people have is because you know, Oprah Winfrey is the most down-to-earth billionaire on the planet. She's so good at connecting with people, even over television. Um, people feel like they have known her 
their entire life. They're like, oh my God, Oprah Winfrey is my BFF. Uh, because she's, she's so good at connecting with people, you forget that she's actually a billionaire. Her life is nothing like the majority of people who she reaches out to, but she goes into those personal places. And here's how you do it. Every speaker can do this. And, and this is the key to having, uh, a, number one, bigger speaking fees. Number two, getting more product sales. And number three, getting more repeat and referral bookings. You've got to remember this. This is part of the connection code. No pain, no gain. I'll explain. Most speakers, they talk about the things they've done well, right? That's the stuff that's on your resume, that's on your bio. Those are the things that get you qualified to be on the stage. But what I teach is the no pain, no gain principle uh, via a concept called bus stops. As we all know, when we've ridden, ridden a bus, uh, if you've ever ridden a, a bus at a park or at a, or a city bus, we know that there's a place every few blocks called a bus stop. That's where the bus will stop and get people on board. And it'll go a little bit further and it'll stop and it'll get more people on board. In your presentations, you wanna have specific points that are designed for you to relate to your audience. I don't care if you're a military general, if you're an Olympic gold medalist, I don't care if you're a big, you need to talk about the things that in your life you've done wrong. You wanna talk about the things in your life that you don't have together. You wanna to talk about the things that didn't go right before you became successful. Because the more failure you can show, the more it validates your system for success. Because people say, wow, if you went through all that, if you were there, if you were 200 pounds overweight, now you have 6% body fat. Wow, if you were dead broke and now you're a multimillionaire. Wow, if you were three times divorced, now you have the love of your life. If you couldn't even read and now you have a great stock portfolio, what you're proving is it's the system, not the person. People don't like to learn from the heroes and the legends they want to learn from people they relate to. This is why Oprah's secret has been so uh, successful to the tune of her becoming a billionaire. The Oprah Winfrey brand is one of the biggest and most successful personal brands of all time because she relates. Everybody knows about Oprah's struggles with weight. Everyone knows about Oprah's struggles with her past and some of the inappropriate things that happened to her via uh, her uncle. Uh, everybody knows the things that people have said when they dogged over and they talked about her, said she wasn't good enough and all of those things, because that's what we can relate to. People don't want to hear from the people who say, yes, well, I, uh, I woke up on the right side of the bed. I have perfect hair every day. I have never made a mistake. No, no, no. The ones who, who, who will continue to grow their following are people like Rachel Hollis. Uh, the ones who say, look, I don't have it all together. Rachel Hollis said, look, I've had several kids. And now my boobs are pretty much pointed straight down because they just don't do what they used to do. And women say, girl, me too. I'm so glad somebody else said it. And so now what you've done is you've made it okay to be profoundly talented, yet profoundly flawed. And when people will do that, it opens the door. 
for people to say, you know what? You're my girl. You're my guy because I see that you're smart, you're talented, you're tough, you refuse to give up. You're the type of person who I want to be inspired by, but also you also have soft spots and you don't always have it together and you don't always want to go to the gym and you don't always feel very attractive or smart. You don't always feel like a leader because guess what? Neither do I. And that's what people love about connecting with people on that personal level. And when that happens, you will end up having uh, more standing ovations because people will love you. They'll, they'll praise you for your vulnerability. They will buy every single thing that you have. Think about Brene Brown. Everybody loves her because of how vulnerable she is and about how many mistakes she acknowledges in her life. And they buy everything she has. And you'd better believe uh, her speaking fees will dictate she is booked all over the place, whether she's speaking to small audiences, large audiences, it doesn't matter. Uh, everybody uh, continues to book and rehire her because the audience can relate regardless of the size or the demographic. That's the key to having a successful speaking career. That's some really insightful uh, analysis because I feel like when it comes to someone who knows their stuff, it's like, how can I relate to this person? And uh, again, like Jonathan says, a really key point, like make people believe in the system rather than the person. Like we get you achieved your success, but um, show those pitfalls, show those struggles so that we realize, hey, I can do it too. I may be facing a similar struggle, which is pretty much what Jonathan was emphasizing. There are some people who may not want to share their struggles privately or there's some really deep stuff. And I'm wondering, how do we get better at sharing those types of stories in addition to the look at how great I'm doing kinds of stories? That's a fantastic question. And that's one I get all the time. One of my, someone who's become a very close friend, Bridget, uh, she, she has a very uh, uh, recent challenge she had a son who had an accident and she uh, had to quit her job and move from Louisiana to Texas so that he could get more care she had to uh, give up her entire business and really fold up a very successful lifestyle that she had and it was very painful when you think about a mom talking about her children it's always going to touch a very raw nerve now she said, look, I know I have to tell my story, but I don't know if I can tell my story in a way that doesn't break me up and make me cry every time I tell the story. And this is what I told her. Uh, I said, Bridget, look, I need you to understand this. Tears are okay. And it's okay to cry because humans cry. It just shows that you are a real person. I would almost be afraid if you didn't cry because that feels abnormal. The only time that you shouldn't tell a story is when you cannot complete the story due to your emotion or uh, if you can't tell it in a way that is still, still relevant. So on both sides, if the story is just too raw, then you can still talk about it but still glance over it. Uh, or if you told the story too much, that it doesn't appeal, appear real anymore, that's when you shouldn't tell the story either. I'll give you, and here's what I mean. So my father passed away when I was really young. I was about 15. 
and that was the, just a devastating loss. I uh, had to move. This is how I ended up coming to Texas. I was in California, and my father got really sick. He was on chemo, and he would have to pull over uh, sometimes if we were driving just to throw up because the, the chemo just was just eating him alive, literally. And um, it was very, very tough. So my father said, look, I, I just don't have it in me. I can't take care of you, son. So I ended up going with my mom, and a couple years later, he ended up passing away. And I would tell that story as an homage to him. I would talk about some of the things that he shared with me and the great deposits that he made in me. Uh, one story in particular about how he would encourage me when I told him that I wasn't smart enough, wasn't good enough, that I didn't have what it took. And he would say, son, I just want you to be the best you that you can be. I remember that I had a really big speaking engagement one year and I was in California and I said, you know what? I want to hire a coach. I want to make this the best story that I've ever told. And I hired Halle Berry's acting coach. Her name is Margie Haber. She was the coach who worked with Halle right before she won her first Oscar for the movie Monsters Ball. So I said, Margie, uh, I, I want to invest in becoming better because I believe that all speakers need to invest in every aspect of their game. And so I said, uh, I've been doing this for a long time, but I know I can still do it better. It was just her and me and what was the equivalent of uh, like what looked like a little dance studio. There were big mirrors all in the room, real small, just a camera, a chair, and me and her. And she started the camera and she said, well, go ahead, go, tell me the story. And I gave her the same story that I told you about how my father, he would always just say, son, just be the best you that you can be. And I stopped and she looked at me and she said, I don't believe you. I said, excuse me? She said, I, I don't believe you. So what do you mean? That's a real story. She said, no, no, I don't, I don't doubt the credibility of it. I don't doubt the validity of it. But I don't believe that you really feel anything about this story. I don't know what it is, but you seem to have disconnected yourself from this. And it was kind of true. I had said the story so many times that it no longer had that same same feel to me. You know, I said, yeah, my dad died. I was young and yeah, it was a real tough time, but I didn't have that emotional connection to it. And it was very difficult to hear somebody say, I don't believe you when you're talking about one of the toughest times in your life. Uh, but it was a great lesson learned. That was worth the entire investment in that lesson. What she taught me was something that I've been now sharing with all of my clients ever since. The importance of con an emotional connection. And Brene Brown has a great line on this. She said, you have to go to a space inside you that, that still remembers how it felt in that moment. You have to remember what's that core feeling and give it a name. Was that feeling abandonment? Was that feeling fear? Was that feeling excitement? Was the feeling uh, 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 intimidation? What was, put a name on that feeling. And then you wanna act out through that feeling. And that's what makes people feel you. That's what makes people cry. 
That's what makes people not just believe in you. That's what makes people believe in you. When you can create that emotional connection with yourself, then you can emotionally connect with other people. And I love how, I mean, you're talking about uh, a story that you've told many times, something very deep and in the moment. I mean, that's a, a, a lot of things are happening there. And um, it's interesting how the more times you tell the same story, the less of an emotional connect you can have with it unless you do attach like some core feeling to it. And I mean, your whole st- that whole piece is very fascinating. Uh, there are two questions I do want to ask. First is, I know that as a speaker, like you want to keep nailing your talk and you want to keep hitting on all those emotions. Uh, so my question is, how do you like continue to, you know, tell your story in such an emotionally raw way uh, without it carrying on through your life? Because some people, they'll talk their story, like your example, like, oh, my dad died young and uh, I, I had all these different feelings. And uh, how do you like continue to do well on the stage without that feeling carrying into your life off the stage? So uh, before I became a speaker full-time, I worked at Dell Computers as a tech salesman. I was an inbound sales rep in the business division. I handled tons and tons of calls every single day. Uh, Our goal was somewhere between 20 to 50 calls every single day. And if you go through and you talk to 50 different people five days a week, that's a lot of phone calls. That was the beginning of my lesson in speaking before I even knew that I was going to be a full-time speaker one day. I had to show my level of empathy and excitement for my customer. I was being trained before I even knew I was being trained. They say, oh my God, this is going to be so exciting. Look at what you're going to be able to do. The, the way that you tap into that place, regardless of how many times you tell the story, is uh, just like the Eagles who've been singing Hotel California for 30 years, just like Guns N' Roses that sing Welcome to the Jungle or ACDC or any of the, the, the acts, you know, Beyonce who's been all across the world. You know, you have to, this is the part that not everybody's ready to hear. Speaking is performing. It's authenticity. You have to be genuine, but you have to be willing to make yourself vulnerable. And the same way that an actor can cry at the same line every single time, um, you have to just find that raw emotion. And uh, that comes through great training, great coaching, and a lot of personal work that helps you to to get out of your head and get into your heart. In your head, you'll deliver the line, but with your heart, you'll deliver the feeling. And you never want your audience to just hear you. They will remember you because they feel you. They'll forget most of the things that you say, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So personally, what I do is I don't make it about me. Whenever I'm on stage, I look at someone in the audience. And this is, this is technique just as much as it is personality. Like, I'm a person who loves people. Um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm an introvert, but I truly love people. And I find a person in the audience, and I look them in the eye when I deliver my line, 
and I pretend like I'm just having a conversation. I am. I, I know very well that if I don't go there, that person will never be helped with my story. So I go, I put it on myself and I know that I will do more to help and coach others than I will do for myself. Even when I don't feel like it, if I know I'm going to be able to help somebody, I'll just suck it up and do it. Well, for that reason, I've tapped into what does it for me. And I will say, look, I'm not going to be able to help Mark if I don't go there. And that's what I have to do in order to access that place. And I'll say, you know what, in order to help Mark and everybody else just gets to listen in, I'm going to do that. And he and I are just going to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And I look at one person. So I'm, I'm no longer giving a speech. I'm now having a conversation that everybody else gets to hear. And I love how you shift it from like, oh, like, uh, I don't feel good about doing this talk uh, to thinking more about the audience. And if you think about your audience, uh, then in the moment and you memorize your lines, uh, it's easier for you to not memorize your entire lines, but memorize key points. It's easier for you to take that into a presentation uh, without feeling uh, like those same negative emotions off the stage. So certainly really great insights. Uh, for everyone who wants to follow your journey, learn more about you, where are some good places uh, we could find your work and uh, keep supporting what you're doing? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. Uh, I am most excited right now about teaching emotional connection at Connect Live. This is going to be uh, – I've done other events for 12 years. This is a brand new event that I'm doing that is showing you how to apply the power of connection to build loyalty and trust regardless of what industry you're in, whether you're going to be a full-time speaker, part-time speaker, or whether you just want to connect with people in uh, through online platforms like this or in sales meetings or if you're a realtor or if you're a photographer. I'm, going to, I'm breaking down some of the systems that I use and actual techniques on how to connect with people. And you can go to connectliveevents.com, connectliveevents.com. Uh, and if you email me, tell me you're from the show, email me at js at jsprinkles.com, that's letter J, S-P-R-I-N-K-L-E-S. Email me at js at jsprinkles.com, and I will personally send you uh, – a discount code when you register so you're going to get a really awesome refund uh, when you are a friend of the show and you let me know well jonathan thank you for sharing those resources with us definitely guys make sure you email jonathan his email will be in the show notes if you want that discounted uh ticket to connect live but once again, thank you so much for joining us on Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. Hey, this has really been a blast. Thank you. I really appreciate this.